is a victory Tuesday. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome in. Adam Hogue, Corey Wooten, Will DeWitt, Mark Carmen. The crew is here. Everybody's feeling good vibes after last night's dominant performance over the Patriots. What's up, guys? I got to tell you, I hate this already. I feel like we're back in the pandemic. I miss sitting next to Hogue. I want a Woot in studio. I, I like I, I, this formation. I mean, I, I know I haven't been in studio with Will in forever, but I, it's going to be a, it's, it's a victory Tuesday, but I'm feeling a little bit of a loss right now. I'm just being honest. It's All okay, right. Carm. I'll be back next week, man. So, okay. you know, I'll be, right. I'll be able to give you a nice hug, handshake. You know, we'll, we'll be back in the studio together. So it's going to be a good time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's easy for you to say, Carm, when you live like right down the street. We got we got somebody's in Missouri. Somebody's in Indiana. I'm basically in Wisconsin. You're like down the street. Everyone, we're, we're good with the sleep, extra sleep we got last and, night. And right? I'm really tired. Like, yeah. come on, man. That it was, was a late night. Yeah, coffee, tired? some more coffee, and some more coffee, baby. Stop being soft. You got to go to work. I don't care. Lawrence, I'll, I'll take the loaf. That's fine. Too. Lawrence, who turned off the lights last night? You or Kevin? I did. There you go. Yeah. First one in, last one out. You got to love That's it. Right. Lawrence, great job last night. As ever. Will, what's going on, man? Oh, everything, Adam. It's a, it was a great night. You guys broke it down in detail yesterday, but, man, I slept like a baby. <laughs> I, I woke up feeling refreshed. I didn't need multiple cups of coffee. One was enough for me, just living off that high still from last night. Tremendous, tremendous outing from the Bears, and you know, hopefully we get more of those. But regardless, I'm taking last night, and I'm going to run with it. Can I ask level-headed Will a question here? Because I I, I love the DeWitt just solid in the realism moment of the feeling of the moment, if you will. Did the Bears turn a corner last night in, in your mind? I, I want to know how you're seeing it. I think internally they believe they did, which could have a lot of weight too. Even just watching uh, while you guys are doing the show, the ESPN post game, and they showed a clip from Iberflus in the locker room. And I, I, you can tell that he has the respect and he's commanding that locker room right now. And they believe in themselves. They believe in the mission and what they're kind of setting out to do. And for them being such a, young team and to come out in the national stage like they did. I'm not here to say it's a turning a corner exactly, but it's a win that they can build on Carm. How about that? I, 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 I'll, I'll hear it. I see Wooch nodding. I said, I think I saw a head nod from, from, from Hogue. I was turned on by Flus's post game. That was such a good post game. Oh my God, was that a good Flus? Oh, Carm, Carm, relax, relax. Okay, bump the brakes. Don't get too turned on now, all right? Don't be nasty, <laughs> that, all right? That, that was hot Flus. That was straight hot Flus. I wait. You, what, did, what was so good about it? He. What was so good about it? He said, "Did anything that we do did are is anyone surprised?" So oh, he's you're ta- oh, you're talking about the message in the locker room. I thought you yeah. were talking about the press conference. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when he's with his dudes in the locker room saying no one's surprised by any of this. And then he starts throwing out there, listen, you are playing for your dude next to you. You play right because of that is what we're all about. I mean, he's just he's just bringing the group together. You got Justin Jones talking to Biggs, talking about the, the run defense coming together, how it takes all 11. There's a certain chemistry building, man. Hashtag the flus. And even the 
with the thumbnail that we have to start the show today, like the, the floose kind of looking, I don't know what that look was with him and Belichick. Just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I, I mean, I feel a little bit bad, but I had to beat the master because I'm the floose in my first season <laughs> and I'm starting to feel this. I, I am... I am I am all floosed up today. This is a, this is a great day for the coaching staff and the head guy special. Yeah, guys, I, I was excited about this. And every year, there's usually one game, right? A team that's that's kind of has, has a lull, and then they have that confidence building win. And I think this could potentially be that confidence building win. You look at the stat sheet, right? They controlled the time possession, right? They limited the turnovers. They started fast on both sides of the football. That's something they haven't done all year. So going into Gillette Stadium, play against Bill Belichick and company, and I beaten the brakes off them, right? They kneeled it at the end to show some respect, right? <laughs> they did. So I think this can be the game that, that changes the trajectory of the Bears. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think this was the confidence-building game that they need going forward, and I'm glad to see it after that extended, like, almost mini-buy. You know what? It, it's funny you said that, Corey, because like I, I was sort of thinking we had this discussion last night because Peyton Manning thought the Bears should try to score there. It's like it, it's almost worse that they knelt down at the one yard line. Like that's almost like, it, like well, in some weird way, it's like it's like, man, we're getting beat so bad that they're just like, eh, let's go home. We don't even need to try anymore. Like it, it's like almost I'm not saying it's more disrespectful, but it's still like if you're the Patriots, you got to be like, man, it's still like either way. It still sucks. It's a great point. The Bears took pity on yeah, the sorry that's... ass Patriots. We, we, <laughs> we straight up took pity on y'all. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We don't. I mean, what were the DraftKings odds that the Bears are going to kneel down inside the 10 yard line at the end of the game and say, yeah, you know, we don't we don't need those points. We don't need that 40 burger. The 30, 33 is plenty. We're, we're good. 40 that, burger. <laughs> I mean, that that is that is off the charts. No one predicted that even the people that picked the Bears to win. Hashtag Greg Braggs. Hashtag I, I, yours truly. I, I hate to say it, though. Another first and goal situation where the Bears didn't score. <laughs> that's, that's true, right? <laughs> Too many I'll break it down in my three. red zone report, Adam. Yeah. Don't worry. Full in-depth breakdown <laughs> yeah. of that drive. Yeah, we need that. We need that. And even in the, the like the celebrating things this morning, like the red zone, Fields getting in, David Montgomery putting the capper in. We weren't – how many times do the Bears get in the red zone and you don't sweat them getting in the end zone? They, they did it, or, you know, was on coming on first and second down, not on third and fourth, and oh my God, we don't get in at the one-inch line. This feels like the Bears that we've known for our, our entire lives. This, this was totally, this was a different different scene last night. Well, let me say this. I spent, I know it's Tuesday, but it still feels like Monday because it's the game, day after the game. I spent a lot of Mondays with these two guys. Green pen, red pen. Red pen didn't get used much this morning. It was all green. Like I don't, I don't remember a, a day after a game like this where it was just like green, 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 green. I mean, I, I you got to hand it to them. They played, they played really well. There's really not a lot to pick on. We usually do our Monday loafs segment uh, after losses. I don't really remember honestly if we do them after wins. It's been so long. But um, really, the only one I could come up with was. Eddie Jackson being a little bit too slow to touch down the wide receiver. Am, am I wrong on that? I thought he was just no, like. No, that's, that's a loaf. That's a loaf. Because at the, at the end of the day, you have a chance to get him down on, on what was it, the three-yard line. Mm -hmm. And then you could make a defensive stand and hold him to a field goal or possibly get a turnover. So literally every yard matters at that point. And he should have been running to the football. And that's something he really hasn't done all year, loafing. I know you got beat. Your eyes were in the backfield. 
But, hey, tag them down at the three-yard line and give your defense a chance because the defense really played well this whole game. Yeah, and the other thing that stood out to me positively, um, just re-watching it, really just confirmation of what I saw last night was just, I mean, Luke Getze had a really good night. He had a really good game plan. Just the mix of, and, and I think the most important drive probably of this season so far came late second quarter after the Bears got zapped by Bailey Zappi on back-to-back drives. Now you're losing. Feels like they've lost all the momentum. And they go on this nine-play, 75-yard drive that was just methodical, like had a little bit of everything, pound the ball in the running game, design quarterback runs uh, to the outside for Justin Fields, not a single negative play on the entire drive. The closest thing to a, a negative play was when uh, Justin Fields ran out of bounds for zero, zero yards, um, which didn't really hurt them. And then that's the drive that ended with the 25-yard screen pass to Khalil Herbert, which we talked about it last night, but you look at it and you see that he's 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 alerting the screen before the snap. He see, he's recognizing the coverage pre-snap. He's calling it out. They ran the play earlier in the game. The ball got tipped because you're letting a free rusher come in because it is a screen, and the ball got batted down. This time, Justin gives a little pump, and then he goes sidearm around the guy. So just I think that's a good good example of growth within a football game where Justin's seen the coverage. He's learning from a play that didn't go well earlier in the game. They go right back to it, and it turns into a touchdown. I like that uh, in addition to everything you just underlined, and, and, and maybe you can speak to this, how hard is this, it is for a quarterback? You roll right, and you have success. You roll left, and you have success. And Getze, he had that all dialed up. Let me, let me send him this way. Let me send him that way. Okay, he's finding EQ over on, the, on his, on his rollout to the left. Oh, he's finding Darnell Mooney when he's going right. That. I mean, I'm not saying it's like elite skill set, but that's a pretty good skill set to have. And and Getsy leaning into it, I think, is a, is a beautiful thing all at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was great to see from the first drive, you know, the, the nice sprint out play, then the naked off that, you know, working the run with the play action. And what I saw from Justin Fields, right, with the exception of maybe three plays, was confidence. And, and Hogue, you talked about that one play in particular, right, checking it at the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, kind of changing that arm angle, kind of like that Patrick Mahomes type throw um, and then taking a hit, getting sandwiched by Judon and company like he he knew he was going to take the hit. You taking one from the team that resulted in a touchdown. And I just love what I saw from Justin Fields at times when 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 the running lane was there. You you look at that one scramble um, when it looked like he was about to get sacked by Judon and then coming to the left side, breaking another tackle, coming through the middle, breaking another tackle, you know, going for 15 yards. Those are the plays that separate Justin Fields from any other quarterback. And I think this game in particular, there's still some things he needs to improve on decision making, um, you know, learning to throw the ball out of the bounds, you know, take what the defense is giving you. But I think he showed progress. And especially, you know, on some of those play action throws, some of those throws to Mooney and company and Equimia St. Brown, they were spot on. Right. So it was great to see the progress from him in the passing game. And like you said, Luke Getze called his best game. We were very critical about him all season, but he came out on a big stage against Bill Belichick and company at Gillette at a hostile stadium. And he had the game plan from the first play of the game to put Justin Fields in a position to succeed. And that's something he hasn't done consistently. So I'm hoping he takes a page from the book from this game and going forward. 
we have the same type of game plan because that's what Justin Fields does well, and that's when he's rocking. You're absolutely right. Uh, Fields, he was 6 of 7, 104 yards on plays that he was actually throwing on the run, had another 63 yards uh, when it came to those designed runs. And Adam, you're talking about like that drive, and that was just a tremendous I think an example of the resiliency that the Bears demonstrated this game. How many times have we saw the Bears surrender a lead and then pretty much just, you know, put their tail between the legs and they were done? But they didn't. They scored that touchdown. They actually scored four times in a row where the Patriots only had six total yards of offense, including that fumble that the Bears defense forced to for them to go out there, put together, you know, back to back to back to back to back scoring drives. I think it was actually five straight scoring drives from the Bears offense. You know, again, like tremendous is the word of the day for me, apparently, but I'm just like awestruck by that. And the fact that the defense is playing as lights out as they were too. I think it was, uh, let's see, I said six, that's 14 yards, two turnovers forced by the defense at the same time that the Bears scored five times in a row. Like talk about complimentary football. That my, I love that you just mentioned the defense. Well, cause I, you know, on the rewatch today, the Roquan sack, I haven't seen them do that. And maybe I'm, you know, not watching it close enough, but maybe I am. Cause I haven't seen them do the stunt that they did to get him free. That looked different to me. That Go Allen Williams. Hey, Carm, yeah. I, I'll talk about that right now. So, so what they did is they exploited where they were sliding the protection, right? They're sliding the protection to Roquan. So what do they do? They have the two defensive tackles stunt inside. They're sliding it to, to Roquan. He takes a step up and then comes around. That's that tango game, right? That's what that classic example. So it was using the protection, the formation to his advantage. So hats off to Allen Williams for scheming that up because you're using what they're doing against them. And he came free for the sack and especially against a team that's really struggled to, to generate pressure with that front four. Corey, that late in the game, do you think that that's something they had in there, you know, going into the game or, or maybe something that even got drawn up uh, on the sideline after they've kind of seen what the Patriots were doing, how they were handling things in the, in the game? Yeah, so I think they've had that play, uh, you know, all season. But I think based on what they were doing in that game and how they were sliding the protection to Roquan, usually, usually that linebacker, they were like, let's exploit him right there. And and it, hats off to Allen Williams, right? We've been critical of him as well. And these past two weeks, he's he's had a great game plan. And you look at it, the Bears, the Bears almost outrushed, you know, w- what the total yards were for the Patriots. So it, it was it was great to see another strong defensive performance. I love what I saw on the run, uh, but we just need more pressure. And I think Alan Williams is going to have to dial it up a little bit with Roquan because one-on-one, you know, you put him on a back all day. I-, I like those odds. I mean, he's shown throughout his whole career that a running back cannot block him. You know, he could he can run around him. He can run through him, uh, whatever you want to call it. So I think they're going to have to use Roquan Smith a little bit more in, in the in the pass rush. Corey, the Bears have been, I think you can even argue, stubborn to run Justin Fields, the way they did last night, where they're drawing up a design running game. Um, so it's probably not too much of a surprise that the Patriots weren't really ready for it. I mean, even if their game plan coming in was to contain him as much as possible and not let him loose, you're not really scheming up for those design plays that the that the Bears ran with him, and, and you got to give him credit. I'm wondering now going forward, like if you're the Cowboys – um, on a short week now, and you're seeing last night's game. What are you doing to a, to adjust? Because now you're like, whoa, that's that's a big problem. We got to stop. And also, man, you look at that pass rush that the Cowboys have. How can that? How can what the Bears do last night help them against the pass rush? Just having that element of Justin Fields being able to run. 
So I think I think uh, your first question about stopping Justin Fields in the run game, right? They're they're, they're going to have an, an assignment guy go right at Justin Fields on every one of those uh, zone reads, right? Just to take him out of there. And then all of a sudden, it could potentially open up things with some play action and whatnot. But I think to, to really stop this talented Dallas pass rush, same game plan that Luke Getzey started out with, right? A little little rollouts, some nakeds, uh, things of that nature, you know, really working the play action to give the offensive line another second, right? And then get some of these shorter and intermediate throws that, that we were rocking with. So I think that's going to take the pressure off the offensive line and then help them block that that talented defensive line. So I think going forward, same type of game plan. Get Justin Fields on the move. I think that's going to help him and help the offensive line. Does anybody have a grade? Uh, I mean, I you know I I do grades by the way, and I wrote them up today. But I I haven't like I didn't get a like. Did Michael Schofield like, cement himself at left guard? Does anybody have a take on that? Because he we didn't hear his name all night long, and so. By my side, that's a good sign, right? That's what you want from an offensive lineman. But I don't know, like, if you really were to delve into how he did and what this new offensive line looks like, which is changing again with Patrick being injured, um, and who knows how long he'll be out. But but maybe maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable up front. I'm hoping they do. Yeah, Schofield Schofield's a veteran guy. I mean, you know, he's a guy that that's, that's played games. He started games in this league, so. You know, talk about you know helping out that left tackle. I mean, it's 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 perfect right now, and I thought he performed pretty well um, in that game. You know, especially his first game starting, um, it was good to see. You know, he wasn't getting beaten the pass rush because that's something Lucas Patrick was getting dominated the, the previous weeks. And I, I don't think people realize how hard it is for a guy that's played center, Lucas Patrick, for for all of his career, and then moving to guard. And I told you about this whole center, centers nowadays. They're the quarterback of of, of the offensive line, right? Very rarely are they one-on-one on a pass rusher, right? They usually get help with the guard. They slide the protections. So it's a different game, you know, moving Patrick when he was at left guard, right? Jonathan Allen absolutely exposed him. I mean, he's a talented guy. But when you put somebody on an island there, they slide the protection away. Lucas Patrick, like, good luck with that. So I think he could do a little bit in the run game or whatnot. But you really get exposed when your natural position is not a guard in, in pass rush situations. Yeah, I'm just kind of bummed that we didn't get to see more Lucas Patrick at center last night before he got hurt. It's just, I mean, again, that's the position they signed him to play. And other than non-padded practices back in the offseason, we really haven't been able to look at this guy at center at all. And when he was in their guard, he struggled. So um, maybe we'll get an update on him today and how long of a injury that's going to be with the toe. But that's just sort of a bummer. On Schofield, Carm, you only got the green pen for me. All right, uh, there we go. You know, I just went through. Now, granted, this is just a TV copy. Haven't seen the, uh, you know, the coaches film. You get a much better idea of the offensive play when you can see the offensive line play when you can see the end zone uh, angle. But I, I was driving when I was driving home last night. I, I, I had that thought popping in my head. I'm like, Scofield, man. I, I like forgot he was even playing. Right. Which that's probably a good thing. Like, especially <laughs> at O line, right? If you forget they're playing, that's a good thing because you'll be like, hey, he, he was the one giving up the sack. This, that, the other. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a good sign. He he looked pretty good in the running game. He looked good against uh, the pass rush situations. He held up well in, in, in the whole game. And like you said, Corey, he helped Braxton Jones be his better self because Jones struggled last week, and this week he had a big bounce back game. So Schofield coming in, I think it's just a testament to Schofield too because you mentioned he's a veteran, but when he came in here, 
he didn't have a good training camp. His preseason was pretty weak too, but being in the building, being in the system, practicing for a couple of months, coming out here in a pretty big game, uh, as we all know, and playing to the same level that he did, like I'm pretty happy about that. I don't have like a grade per se. I don't have a green pen either, Adam, but uh, I'll, I'll give two thumbs up. How about that? There we, there we go. And, 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 you look, and you look at it, you, you brought up a good point, Will, about having a veteran guy out there. You look when Cody Whitehair was there next to him before the injury, Braxton mm. Jones was performing well, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Cody Whitehair is a pretty darn good guard. He's had a lot of experience playing. He's a smart guy. You know, he's helping out Braxton Jones with calls, uh, some of the stunts that they may run. So I think it's great to have a veteran guy in there. I think people sleep on it. Lucas Patrick is not used to playing guard, right? So different stunts he may see, he's not used to. So having Schofield on there or Cody Whitehair, it's it's helping Braxton Jones. And I know Sweat the, the previous week, he's a, he's a talented pass rusher. But you got to think if Cody Whitehair was there or Schofield, he could have possibly helped out. You know, but maybe maybe helped him out in, in some of the pass rush situations. So I always like having a veteran next to a rookie or a younger player at tackle. And shout out Braxton Jones, by the way, getting downfield on Herbert's 25-yard touchdown, walking to the end zone, not getting touched, and with the little he had he had to hit it about the 10-yard line, and then the fist pump running across the goal line. That's what I like to see out of my offensive lineman, Braxton Jones. You having fun out there? That was sweet. That's when you know a play works when the guy on the screen doesn't even <laughs> do anything. That's, exactly. That's, <laughs> good job checking to that one, uh, uh, Justin. All right, um, small controversy. I think we got to weigh in on. Because I looked at something a little bit closer this morning, and I'm still a little confused on it. But first, uh, you know, last night was exciting. The stakes were high. The Bears delivered. Uh, and you can make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Guys, I had one going last night. Bears plus 8.5, easy cover. Um, easy first, money, baby. First half touchdown for Khalil Herbert. That hit. And then uh, what was the third thing I had in there? I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, it was just Khalil Herbert to get 30 and a half rushing yards in the game. Stepped up same game parlay right there on DraftKings. Delivered big. Got an extra boost out of it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And, hey, if you're a little short on time but you want to get after that health, check out our friends at Athletic Greens. Look, you want more energy? You want the immune system on the next level? You don't want to take pills and vitamins and supplements? Get after a nice scoop of Athletic Greens. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, the probiotics. You're going to be living the dream here when you do the athletic greens. It's lifestyle friendly, less than one gram of sugar. Stay away from the sugar out there. Better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity. I'm looking for that. So get involved with athletic greens. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. One scoop in a cup of water. That's all you got to do. 
Uh, no need for anything else. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com. Put that show code in, C-H-G-O. Again, athleticgreens.com forward slash put in the C-H-G-O to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Small trade uh, coming in right now on a uh, the Bears' next opponent. According to Ian Rappaport, the Raiders are trading defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins to the Cowboys in exchange for draft pick compensation, adding some key defensive depth up front. Hankins is a pretty solid player against the run. So I don't know what his situation will be going, you know, if they how much he'll actually play on a short week with a new team. But um, mm-hmm. it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, this week with the Bears opponent. November 1st trade deadline. Y'all want to weigh in on what do you think is going to happen with Robert Quinn? I mean, I just don't think there's... I don't think there's a market right now for, for what he's what he's put together this season, right? I don't, I don't see a team saying, oh, we really want him. You know, like he really hasn't d- done as much as we thought he would coming off one of his best seasons. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Well, I, that's kind of how I feel too, but I am wondering like if, if the Cowboys giving up draft compensation we don't know what that means we don't know you know what type of pick but they're giving up something for Jonathan Hankins I mean maybe there's a thought out there that you put Robert Quinn on uh maybe a team that has a little bit more help on that d-line where he's not getting all the attention and he's playing on a, I I don't know I mean it's possible then maybe there's a team out there willing to give up like a sixth or seventh round pick. I just don't think it's going to be more than that at this point because the production really hasn't been there this season. Yeah, it, it hasn't at all. And you, you look at last season, even without Khalil Mack, I mean, he still he still went on a tear. You know, yeah. even them sliding the protection to him. Um, you know, what I was telling you is I think Robert Quinn right now is not working a counter. You see every move he's trying to run around the, the offensive tackle, right? And the thing is, in this league, that's usually the easiest rush to defend. Because the tackle will just sit back, we'll just ride him by, and then all of a sudden the quarterback will step up. I'm telling you, they need to have a design cover me call, right, where the defensive tackle to his side is going to cover him and allow Robert Quinn to make an inside move, right? If he makes an inside move, the quarterback flushes, that tackle is covering him on the outside. Because he's got to change it up right now because you, literally he's throwing a fastball every time, right? you got to think of pass rushing as like you're, you're a pitcher, right? Fastball, fastball, and all of a sudden change up, curveball, slider. He needs some more of that, and we're just seeing that same edge rush from him. So he's got he's got to mix it up. I mean, just to name it, last year in the fifth round, Poles was on fire. Braxton Jones, Dominique Robinson. So uh, if you could just if you want to go by that, and they could actually get a fifth rounder for him, you I think everybody would say you know based on those two picks, it would be worth it. But I also think there's a value in having Rob on the team. Right. I mean, he's you're, you're I, I just I just don't feel that confident right now with with Gibson and, and uh, Muhammad. Uh, I, I feel like Robert Quinn definitely just attracts attention either, either way you want to do it. So and, and he hustles to the ball. He's been playing the run pretty well. So unless somebody is giving up a pretty good compensation, I think you keep him at this point. I just don't think we have enough depth at a at defense end right now. And uh, after a big win like last night, I think that just sends the wrong message to the locker room too, letting it go a player of Quinn's caliber too. So I don't think Poles or Iberflus would want to send a message of like, we're playing for 2023. 
I feel like they do want to compete in their games this season. Not that they're going to win all of the games, of course, but I think they do want to at least be competitive, and that does mean keeping Quinn here. Yeah, I, and and he, I do think he is a good mentor for um, the players that are on the team. But to Carm's point, if you can get a fifth-round pick, and I don't know if you can, I would take it because – that draft capital is huge. Um, I'd also like to see more Dominic Robinson and Travis Gibson on the field. Granted, I you know they they still have work to do, but um, I I I think that that's there's more. Uh, it's more of a win than a loss by trading him. So I would I'm certainly open to it, depending on what the draft compensation is. Do, do you do you feel confident enough with with what they have right there? If Quinn's not in the picture, like do you feel confident enough with with those guys? I I don't. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, but at the same time, it's not like Robert Quinn's giving you a lot of production. So, no. and I know he's getting attention, but it's not it's not really there in the production standpoint. So I don't feel like you're losing a ton at the drew same four, time. He drew four penalties on their left tackle, Trent Brown, last night, Adam Hogue. What he about drew- that? He drew four penalties. Well, there was four penalties on Trent Brown, so I don't know if he gets credit for all of them. No, I think he had one. I think uh, there's like <laughs> Mike Pennell. I think had one. There was there was a few. Um, all right, the controversy I wanted to get to when it happened last night, I didn't think much of it, but you know, you were just talking about baseball. Okay, in baseball, you can't slide with your cleats up like that. It's an automatic no-no. Now, I thought on the replay that Mac Jones, when he went to slide, his the, the cleat on his heel kind of clipped the grass, which caused his leg to shoot up in the air. And I thought it was accidental. But the more I watch it, he clearly – here's my problem with it that has me suspicious. He clearly <laughs> knows he kicked Jaquan Brisker right in the nuts. Right, like you—that's not something you don't know you did. And he shows absolutely no remorse. Doesn't try to like help him up. You know, if it to me, if that was an accident that I accidentally did because my cleat got stuck in the ground and it shot my leg up in the air, I'd, I'd be the first guy being like, "Yo, are you okay?" And he just gets up and kind of tosses the ball to the ref in Brisker's direction and and goes right back. I'm like, I don't know, man. There's something a little suspicious about that. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It, I, I agree with you. I was I was looking more at it, and I'm like, did he really? Was he trying to pull a Draymond Green? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even if it wasn't an accident, or or if it was an accident, excuse me, he didn't feel bad about doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just be like, my bad, man. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I got you, man. That's my bad. <laughs> and there was nothing. It was just toss the ball, go back. Come on. Nobody appreciates a reach more than I do, but I, I, this is a, this is a big stretch. I mean, he was on the ground with his back. He's, he, he didn't look at all in control. You hit a lot of things with your, your foot. I don't like to really know that he nailed him. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd love to say that is vintage Belichick. This is what he was coached to do. Cheater galore trying to disable Jaquan Brisker who hadn't missed a snap all year until he got until that moment in time. Uh, but I don't know. That's you're 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 out of, you're out there pretty far on this one, Hogue. I like it though. Oh, am one, I? one of the comments. One of the comments said he said something like the ball doesn't lie. Karma. <laughs> Brisker yeah. got a pick. 
I'm telling you, Mac Jones might have been might have been pissed off, right? He Bailey Zappi is right down his throat. Yeah. Oh, you got zapped, this, this, and the other. And he's not playing well. And then all of a sudden he slides and all of a sudden, boop. I don't know. And it was at the end too when like the leg flicked up. And I felt like I was just pulling it back up on Twitter. Like the eyes were up. I, I don't know if he was looking in like you know, in the hit, you know, the target zone right there, but I don't know, Adam. Uh, potentially, the world may never know the exact truth, but it does look suspicious. I mean, well, you got to be pretty savage, like to ABC's ABOC 427's point. If you got to be a little savage, like I'm gonna kick this dude in the nuts right now, that's that's pretty damn ass aggressive. Well, here's the thing, though, I'm not accusing him of intentionally kicking him in the nuts, I am. What I, I do feel like watching it that he did have the leg up in a way to protect himself. Cause he saw Brisker coming in, and that's a bullet coming right at you. And I and I do feel like he had the cleat up to to try to protect himself. And if you're gonna do that, and you come on, there's no way he didn't know he he got him right where he got him. All I'm saying is it's not a great look that he didn't at least like yo like my bad. You said, my well, bad. Just my bad, my bad. Like like, like just he didn't mean to get him there, and so. I'm not necessarily accusing Mac Jones of kicking Jaquan Brisker in the nuts on purpose. I am saying I don't think he cared that he did it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he didn't. But I, I agree with you. I think he was trying to protect himself because in that situation, a lot of quarterbacks that slide kind of last second, uh, they, they have a chance to get hit in the head for the guys that are coming like a bullet, you said. So he probably put his leg up there like, he's not hitting me in the head. I'm, I'm not going into co- concussion protocol after this, so – and I think he was like, "Hey, if it hits, if it hits his nuts, it hits his nuts." Wood, how John many Johnson times in the, the chat? Real yeah, quick, go. John Johnson in the chat mentioned. Remember the ankle twist last year too for Mac Jones? This isn't the first time he's been around like a quote dirty play. Yeah, man, yeah. my man is Grayson Allen 2.0. Oh, Come on. Oh, I hate that guy, Grayson Allen. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. How, he how, is Grayson Allen. No, he is. That you brought up that because I forgot about the ankle thing. Man, that was definitely dirty, a hundred percent. Absolutely, and he's playing for the Patriots. I, Carm, you are all. I can't believe you. You are Mister Bill Belichick, dirty I, coach, and here you are defending the Grayson Allen quarterback. Yeah, it's 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 it feels off right now. I, I maybe I've lost my way, but I I just. <laughs> You definitely lost your way, Carl. I just didn't think he was. I mean, how many times would have you been on the field and said like "my bad" to anyone? No one, no one does that in football. This ain't badminton. No, no, no. The the thing about it is sometimes you know if you have a late hit, you know when a quarterback's sliding or something, and you just couldn't stop yourself, you're gonna say "my bad," right? Because at the end of the day, guys are looking out for each other, right? They're realizing with injuries and different things, you're always one play away from something impacting you for the rest of your life or or shortening your career. So I think guys usually have a mutual respect. That's why when when Pennell hit uh, the offensive lineman, I think a lot of people were like, come on, man, we don't do that anymore, especially when no one's looking. Your peewee football, you're taught when someone's not looking, you let you knock their head off. And then as things you know progress in the NFL, people are realizing, hey, in that situation, let's just shield somebody. Let's look out for each other as NFL brothers. Uh, that just – I loved what you just said. That's so that, – that is respect of – Athlete to athlete, if we had that in the media, who knows where we'd where we'd be? Yeah, because you, hey, hey, Ho, do you, do you remember when Lance Lewis got destroyed by Jared Allen that one year, and he, I think he tore his ACL, I believe. 
Yeah, I just I yeah. never expected to hear Lance Lewis's name come up again right there. So I that that's, that's what I was thinking about because it's a very <laughs> similar play. He wasn't yeah. looking at Jared Allen, I mean, cleaned his clock. And uh, you know, pe- a lot of people were like, Man, you know, you, you kind of don't do that to, to guys nowadays because he ended up tearing his ACL and I think he might have got a concussion of it. You know, you I just try to look that. out for somebody. He could have shielded him and he would have been out of the play. So which which brings me to um Mike Pennell hit last night after the interception the blindside hit on Andrews that's that's not cool man not in today's league like it, 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 I I was a little I a hundred percent of penalty was surprised in the moment he got kicked out for and then once I watched it back to this morning yeah that it, totally dangerous hit unnecessary they're trying to legislate those because well, you know this after an interception, guys turn you know back in the day they would immediately turn around and try to kill the quarterback. You're hold somebody, yeah. yeah you're yeah. So, you're holding whoever's somebody yeah whoever's close to you just and they've tried to legislate that out of the game. Stupid penalty by Mike Pennell, absolutely deserved to get kicked out of the game, and uh, I'm sure he's going to get fined. I don't know if there's going to be suspension, but that was that was dirty, man. I didn't like that. Yeah, like like I was saying, in this day and age, you, you try to respect each other. You know, at the end of the day, what their what their understanding about about brain injuries and then possibly an injury to a lower extremity, a shoulder, something. You know, like because what happened with Lance Lewis. So usually guys take care of each other, and and that was that was a dirty move in my opinion in in the league. You know, and I know Troy Aikman has come under fire for some of the things he said, like you know that this league's becoming a pillow league and this that and the other. But hey, football's football. You're still gonna take hits out there. But I think they're just trying to eliminate those unnecessary hits, which I'm all for it, right? Because you look at the average career, guys are retiring a lot sooner, you know? So if they can make things safer with some of these unnecessary hits, maybe these guys will continue to play longer. That was a great moment for Flus too. He he didn't fully dress him down like he was his 10-year-old son or a high school player, and he was, you know, that level coach. But he he got in Pennell's face. He made his point. I, I thought – that showed some significant flus authority. It was good to see. Yeah, I I agree. And and back to to flus, Corey. What's the line on that? Because you don't always see guys in the NFL get get reamed out by the head coach like you do in college football, high school football. But some coaches will will pick their spots. I mean, are, are there times where you got players looking around like, oh man, like kind of rolling their eyes at the coach because they're going too hard. And where did, where did that moment, you know, fall on that line? Cause you gotta be a little bit careful in the NFL. These guys are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it just depends on the person, right? Penal penal, um, you know, no, no disrespect to him by any means, but you know, he's kind of been a guy that's bounced around, you know, started a little bit, mostly been a backup. Um, so I think in, in that case, you know, he probably wouldn't have talked to Robert Quinn the same way he did penal, but I think it's a thing like, Hey, you, you know, you're, you're, sh- you're trying to get a spot in this rotation and play, and then you're doing bonehead stuff like this. So I think that's a little bit of what it was. And I, I think it just depends on the person. Like I said, you're not going to say the same thing to Quinn that you're going to say to Pennell because Quinn has earned that respect from the coaching staff. But I, I think he should have been chewed out for that because it's unnecessary nowadays. Like, it's it, it just it just isn't, you know. Anybody that played in the league is going to say, like, you shouldn't do that, you know. And some people have an old-school take on it. But they're realizing, like I said, that the brain injuries and unnecessary hits are, are stuff that adds up and, and you know, shortens guys' careers. So you, you just you just want to respect each other. That's that's really what it's about. 
There's a good question um, from Doug here. I see in the comments asking, "How is it a hit to a how is a hit to a player's side and front considered a blindside hit? He didn't hit the guy from the back. He was visible closing in." So I don't have the exact wording of the rule in front of me. Front of me, but I I do know from coaching this too because it happens a lot on special teams when you're running back towards your own end zone a lot. the The reality is if you're facing your own end zone right? The, the end zone you're defending, if your eyes are in that direction, that is where you're getting in danger of a blindside block. And that's part of how the rule is written. So if you're facing your own end zone, and I think it has something to do then with the language is defenseless uh, player um, and or head or neck, you know, forcible contact to the head or neck. But it really starts with that when you're facing back towards your own end zone. Honestly, what you have to do is just you know, there's different names for it. You call it a shield. Hit shield. Yeah, yeah. Shield is another way to put it. Um, scrape paint, whatever. There's a blocking technique where you basically put your hands up in the air and just get in his way, just get in his way. And there was a, and the, and this is actually something that offensive linemen have to, had to deal with in recent years, because if you, you lose your block, then you end up facing back towards your own end zone and the quarterback comes back your way. There've been a couple calls where, yeah, it's face to face. You hit it, but because you're facing back towards your own end zone, they call blindside block. And in those situations, I I have argued a couple of times that that rule should be amended because it's like, come on, man, it's off offensive line in the backfield. I get it when it's past the line of scrimmage. I do think the rule could change a little bit when you're behind the line of scrimmage. But in that case, that specific case with Mike Pennell last night, it was like the definition of a blindside block. Absolutely uh, in, in a dangerous play. And there's really no way to argue against that. And, and I think the biggest thing is, is especially because you look at what classifies a blindside hit, right? If he would have saw Pennell in that situation, uh, Andrews, Andrews would have lowered his shoulder and tried to eat some of that hit. And he was, he was as high as can be. It caught him off guard. So usually your natural reaction is if you see somebody coming, you're going to lower your, your, your center of gravity and try to absorb that hit. So that's usually when they're calling it, you know, situations where you're running a certain way and then all of a sudden the guy comes from your peripheral, you don't see him, and then you're running this way and all of a sudden, boom, you get ear hold. So that, yeah, yeah they need to take that out, and I'm, I'm glad they're starting to call that. Going back in time, by the way, Brett Favre definitely – it's not the same thing here, but Brett Favre saw Wooten coming. He was, he was right in front of – you were right in front of him. Coming right exactly. There's nothing illegal about that, all right? There's nothing. nothing I, I am wondering, like, what? when did you uh, get – does there one hit that stands out in your mind where the QB doesn't see? You're like, oh, my God, this is legal, and I am going to get a – I'm going to get a huge, huge knock right here, and it's going to feel great. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the thing is – you never have a hit, especially when you're rushing the passer. That's illegal, right? It's it's free game. If you come free, that's on the offensive line. So there's there's been plenty of times where you, where you where you beat your guy clean, and all of a sudden you have a clean blindside hit, and then you you want to try to get the ball out. But I think I think that's the biggest thing. Guys like feast for that. You're, you're chomping at the bit to get the opportunity when you're coming off the blindside of a quarterback, and he's not looking. He's patting the ball, and then all of a sudden you're like. Boom, you just try to unload. But nowadays, you I don't even think you can do that. I think you have to like go here and then, you know, put it put a put a inflatable bed on the ground and then lay him down. Unless it's Justin Fields, you can do whatever you want. You can sandwich him and kill him and they they're not going right? to call. How, how did he not get that call? I'm trying to figure that out. You got to protect all the quarterbacks, right? It's it's got to be an nope. even playing field. And and it comes down to this. It comes down to what type of quarterback you are, right? Are you Tom Brady? Are you Aaron Rodgers? You know, are you those type of guys? Because they'll get calls that normally you're like, wait, what? 
You're like, the dude placed you down. He helped you up afterwards. Flag all of a sudden because Rodgers and them go, it literally becomes down to what is your name? What is your reputation in the league? That's really what it comes down to. Acting one-on-one, the Juilliard school over there. He, he found me. You got to call it. And then all of a sudden, it, it it's ridiculous. Justin Fields should have got that call. All day. I saw I saw what was that clip last week that was going around? I think it may have been on ESPN or something where they literally put a pillow down underneath them. Like they were totally just was it Kevin was it yeah. Kevin Hart? It was Kevin Hart, right? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart was involved <laughs> in it too. And, and was that on ESPN? I forget who, what it was, but I saw it going around. It was Fox like, no, or no. ESPN, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they put a pillow and Kevin Hart was like, No, no, tuck me in. You gotta tuck me in too. <laughs> That, that's what it's come down to. That that that's that's the one rule. Like I'm all about everything, you know, the helmet to helmet, uh, the, the the blind side hits. But it, you should be able to hit the quarterback. You should be able to land on him because there, there was a couple of years ago, um, uh, a defensive end from the Dolphins. Uh, he tried to tackle the quarterback and he tried to change his momentum and not land on him. He tore his ACL because yes. of that. Yeah. So my thing is like this: you should be, you should. It used to be, I think it was two steps. You're allowed to hit the quarterback or whatever. So I, I think you should still be able to um, within the confines of the game. But that's on your old line, right? If they're not protecting, that's on you. <laughs> you got to do a better job scheming it up, and your old line's got to do a better job. So. Yeah, and there it was not a perfect night for the old line last night for the Bears. Larry Borum did not have his best Oof. game, Oof. and. Um, you know, Matthew Judon. <laughs> yeah, and that was a man's got like nine and a half sacks for the season already. Uh, Judon, for just the record, that go ahead, Adam. But Judon paid the Bears a hell of a compliment after the game. It's like we had no answer for Justin and his wheels. I thought that was like okay. That's that's yeah. a big time statement right there. It was well, it was well drawn up, well schemed up by Luke Getz. He gets a lot of credit. Um, I was just gonna say though, I, man, I like Tevin Jenkins. I, Ditto. He, he he's, he's not nasty, perfect. man. He's nasty. He, I love you it. You know, but rare, few offensive linemen are perfect. He is nasty. He finishes. He was giving out pancakes. He was helping Larry Borum at one point. Um, then just flat. You see the hit out. on Judon when he helped out yeah. Borum. I mean, when he got hurt on yeah, it, he just, hurt himself. Yeah, and he just <laughs> pancaked him so bad. Um, and and Kari blasting game too, man. That. His block on that touchdown run, the David Montgomery touchdown run, he hit the guy like at the five yard line and then just drove him all the way into the end zone. Finished. Get some syrup. We get some syrup for that pancake, baby. Oh, that was nasty. I'd love it. I love it. But how how about Getsy game planning for that, right? We were struggling in the red zone to get in on these short situations. What do you do? You put a tight end, you put in blazing game. And he leads you to the end zone. So we need more of that in some of those short yardage because he's an absolute monster. It is so hard to defend against a great fullback, right? Any defensive back, they do not want to go against him. Look what he did to that DB, number 21, right? Or any linebacker, too. Linebackers aren't built the same way they were 15 years ago, right? They're not coming downhill trying to meet him in a gap. I'm telling you, that's a win for Blasen game every time. So creating some of these matchups because everything in this game is more about speed and and the quick linebacker there's just not too many guys that want to stick their face in there not too many tommy tough guys anymore because i'm from jersey that's what we used to say all right forget about it huh? it, it, it 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 was noticeable <laughs> that i formation i love you bringing up jersey and and i hate to do this but i'm gonna do it yo ryan pace shout out to you uh your your quarterback that you picked he, he he's coming along
And by the way, we just underlined Tevin too, which wasn't looking good for more than a minute. But it's but that's starting to look like a decent little parting gift from Pace. So we're getting we're getting little Pace parting gifts here that he deserves little props for what's going on right now. So shout out to you, Ryan Pace, because we're very and mature on this in the CHGO Bears podcast. I I love it. And, and and guys, remember how I was talking about the Giants and why can't the Bears do what the Giants? And they did it. They did exactly what we wanted, right? Rely on the running game, work the play action, take the pressure off Justin Fields, get him on the move, and defensively play great defense, stop the run. The, the pressure numbers, the sack numbers aren't always there, but you play great defense. And that's what we've been asking. Hulk. Every week I was just so frustrated seeing the Giants win, and I knew the Bears could be that type of team, and they've showed it this past week. A different feeling when you can stop the run, that's for sure. Um, it is. A couple comments I like here. Someone said that uh, Tevin Jenkins needs an IHOP endorsement. I think that's a good call. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone said that they they uh, they saw they saw Tevin Jenkins body surfing on D lineman. That's a good way to put it because he was just like kind of doing this, like with his full weight, just on top of the the, the lineman after he pancaked them. You got you got to love it. It's like he's the type of guy that you hate to play against, but you love him on your team. You're like, oh, I'm so glad he's Mm -hmm. on our team because he's the guy that's going to that's going to push you from behind a little bit within the confines of the whistle. He's going to hold you. He's going to try to finish you to the ground. He may finish you a couple times. He's going to be pesky because a lot of guys nowadays, you know, they'll kind of block you for a little bit, then stop. He's old school, man, until the whistle blows. And that's what you got to love. And any quarterback. Love a guy like that because I guarantee you, if Justin Fields gets a late hit on him, Tevin Jake is coming there to push whoever did that. And that's what you got to love. An old school type guy that's like, I'm not taking any of that shit from nobody. I mean, three months ago, we were the the conversation around Tevin was maybe we should trade him. Can't trade him. Not going to get anything. Wouldn't even get a sixth round pick for him. He's had quite the, uh, let's call it resurrection, if you will. This has been a, I, I've been super impressed by what he's been able to do with himself this year. And he, he pointed the finger right at himself when it was going on. We've said that a bunch of times, but I, I keep on wanting to say it because he's really had a, he's had a fantastic year. And I, I, to me, he might end up on the out, back on the outside at some point, or he could be your right tackle for everything we're saying about uh, Larry mm. Borm and or even... No, 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 Guard, 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 guard. Yeah, he will. He will be a Pro Bowl player if he if he continues to improve at guard. Hundred percent. He's a guard. I'm a. He's a guard, man. With the way he plays, he's a guard. Keep him there. Don't mess Nasty. with it. Right oh, side too. Right side. He, he's a really good run blocker. They like to run a lot of those runs to the right side. That's usually where you have your strongest run blockers. So that right side for him. He's a bully. He can help out the right tackle and pass rush at times when they slide the protection to him. Right guard is his home. He gets to that second level in a blip. Like he'll hit a, you know, he'll hit the defensive lineman, do a quick chip, and then he's in the linebacker in a hurry. Is there anything he doesn't do well at guard right now? I can't think of anything. Pass protection, he's been A1 on, mm-hmm. uh, run blocking. And you talked about that chip blocking because when I played three technique, those were the hardest guys to defend against. When I'm in that three technique and all of a sudden, or, or you're playing a shade and he gives you that chip bump. And I mean, he gives, he gives some force in there. And then get the center can overtake him, and then all of a sudden he's quick as can be up to that second level, you know, securing things. So it's it's always great to have a physical guy like that that understands blocking one on one. So it's, it's great to see him and continue to improve. I hear everything you guys are saying, and it all makes sense. I think that dude still wants to be a tackle somewhere deep down in the. No, <laughs> I think he realized, Car. You do he, you really? He, he, yes, he he's he's a, he's a phone booth type of guy, man. Like he, he's nasty, man. I. 
I, I love what I see him. I, I think he knows he found his home at guard, right? Like he may have wanted to play tackle, but I think he's realized how how easy this has kind of come to him, that transition to guard, you know, his first year playing it for real. And, uh, I mean, he's been lights out. Sometimes, you know, that that's what it is. I, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, like I feel like when Kyle Long first got here, a lot of people toyed at the idea of him playing right tackle. Right. But then they moved him inside. And and that was such a great position because he's athletic. He's strong. And it's it's such an advantage having a big, strong guy at guard that has length. And, and that should be a lesson learned, because remember, then I think it was his third year. All of a sudden they tried to kick him back out to tackle and it just didn't work as well. And it's like, why? Exactly. Well, if you got something solidified there in there at guard, do not mess with it. There's no reason to. He, he just had that one comment where he's like, right now I'm trying to be a Pro Bowl guard. And so I was I, I was reading it to right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He I, also I, said I, that he felt more comfortable in there, though. Did he say more comfortable? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well I, I think that the big, big thing is you, you have to realize in this league, right? You may come and get drafted for one position, but you got to realize that your position, your other, your best position is maybe another, an, another role. And everybody has to understand their role because if he stays at tackle, his career isn't going to be that long, to be honest with you. I, I'm just telling you, if he plays guard, he will be a pro bowl player. And that's about knowing your role. Some guys say, oh, I want to play this position. I want to play that position. But what position are you going to succeed the most at and have the longest career? And for him, it's at guard. And, right? and, and he'll make the most money if he's elite there. To everyone's and you, you look at Devin Hester, right? Devin Hester came as a cornerback. They tried him out wide receiver. And how did he stick in the league? And what was his best position? Returner. And he'll you gotta go know your hall. role. You gotta know your role. The Hall of Fame as it should be a first ballot, right? Yeah. That, that, oh, they that, already uh, they, they already played right that. into my second ballot. Everything you just said. He <laughs> failed over there. He failed over there. And oh my it. gosh, Carve's <laughs> taking this personal. <laughs> he's, he's got he's got all the all, all the red uh, red marker for for Hester. Oh, he failed there's at no, this. He no, failed at that. No, there's no red. There's no red. I got him in my. He's in my Carve Hall of Fame. Definitely. It's got to be green. That might be your worst take. I have to say. Devin has you got to have all green. You got to give him green, like an like an AP teacher. That's how Hogue was last night, right? All green, like an AP teacher. (laughs) So it's because Hogue wants to see himself. Just you know, hey, I'm coaching special teams, but I'm right there with the head coach. Just same thing with Devin. (laughs) Shots fired, huh? Whatever, Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles. Foco, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, we got to finish with some super chats. uh, And there's a question as well for Corey here. Uh, Let's start with one of the super chats, though. Lawrence, whichever one you want to throw up there on the screen. Let's start with Alex. We need more design quarterback runs, please. Well, I would just say they got to keep it going, what they did last night. You don't want to get too crazy with it, but a nice balance of it. You could see how much it helped the offense. And I like I like the I like the outside zone 
the runs. I don't like in between the tackles like Trey Lance did when he got injured uh, yeah. in that second game of the season. I like it outside where you give him the option where he can get out of bounds, he can get down, and he doesn't take some of those inside hits like you saw with Trey Lance. So I, I like it, just mixing and matching when you when you choose to do that. I just thought it was interesting that Fields named that he knew they were going to do that, which I guess shouldn't be surprising because why would it be that, you know, we have a game plan, this is what we're going to do. But he also said that, you know, I, I was just worried about making it through the game. Those are the words he used. So uh, he knows that he's taking on more risk and not just risk, but like he looked exhausted at the end of the first half. I mean, he, you know, the Bears had the ball a ton and he was being asked to do a whole, a whole lot to get out of trouble and then make plays. But he handled it, uh, you know, so that was obviously a great thing. I mean, 12, I think, is not that it was too much last night, but I think consistently would be, you know, a little bit too much punishment on him. However, if that's the game plan for a week and you think you're going to expose an opponent with it, like, unleash it. I, I don't have no problem with it whatsoever. It's a huge strength of his game. And for not utilizing it, you're just, like, letting it sit in shelf. And uh, I don't think the Bears are going to win as many games without it that they would with it. But see, this is where this is where it's important. I think they kind of have the Lamar Jackson conversation because there's always like, oh, they, you know, he's never his career is never going to last because he doesn't get hit that much, you you know, like because mm -hmm. they're well designed runs at the right times, and he knows how to preserve himself. And I would actually say, like last night on the design runs, Fields was fine. I mean, other than the one time I complained about how he slid upright, but like he. He didn't take much of a beating last night on those. He took a beating on some of the shots he took, either throwing the ball or when he was scrambling, which is still a problem at yeah. times, throw the ball away. But on the, <laughs> on the design runs, like, no problem with, with, with any of that. He really did not take a, a hit that you didn't want him to take. I mean, you're calling out him last night for the sliding, and we have a great video of Hoag showing his athletic ability that's out there that everybody should consume. But look, the, the dude is, he's a big guy. He's, he's got elusiveness. He makes sharp cuts. And if you have a design run, he is more in control. So I, I yes, there's risk. I don't want to say there isn't, but it, I mean, there is some level of, he knows exactly what's coming and how he plans on playing it. So there, there's at least some level of security there. He, uh, he was real. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, we got to get out of here. So let's fly through this. Uh, uh, okay. Final few super chats. Emiliano says, nice to see the young guys play great. Fields, Brisker, Gordon, Smith now trade the vets for draft capital. Um, I do think Will brought up a good point earlier, though. You don't want to you don't want to shake up the locker room chemistry too much, but depending on who it is, what the price is, I do think you you could definitely help yourself. You got to get more youth on this team. Um, so if you can get a pick here or there for the right guy, I would definitely do it. Um, and then we got one from Braggs in the stands. You may have heard Greg <laughs> Braggs. He says, stop saying stupid things, Carm. Those are fighting wow. words, buddy. I will, I will. I think Braggs took the day off today because he's soft and, and couldn't recover quickly. Some of us. <laughs> oh, you got to go to work. I'm I not mean, at work. I called. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, some of, some of us went to bed last night at one and we're up at five and we're on TV at six, six twenty, And then, you know, wow. ready, ready to play. Others bang, of us bang. are you know, sitting there eating bonbons and paying five bucks to tell me to stop saying stupid things. I mean, I don't know where you put your money, but I, I, I put it on me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, last I saw, he was interviewing Matt Painter today. 
Okay. Which, props. Which, which Division One head coach did you interview today? No, that's a props. I, the painter, the the painter thing is 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 a is a good job by Bragg. Oh, and and he great clarification. He got rained out, man. It's pouring. Exactly. Rain out so he went to go to work, but he couldn't. It got no, rained out. No, no. Already had oh, asked man. for the day off. Rain doesn't matter. That is BS. That that is that that's uh, <laughs> the dog ate my homework comment from Braggs, which he definitely used in third grade, as did I. Hashtag no days off. Uh, Jeff has a question. Corey, who are some of the dirtiest players you played against or with? R- Richie Incognito, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knows about him, man. He was one of those guys that would hit you extra after the play. He he try to he try to pull at you. He try to hit you in the nuts. Any, anything he could do to get an advantage. I mean, it was it was unbelievable to see the dirty things he do. And every time we played, our coach is like, "You just have to keep your composure." He's gonna try to go low on you from behind. Like he's everything dirty that they, he can do. He's done it. Ugh. And then the last thing we got for you, Kevin Kada coming in, a little birdies told him that we are launching a new CHGO Bear shirt tomorrow. Let's go. Wow. What, what is it? Brick by brick? I hope so. Or <laughs> or all floosed up. That'd be a good one. If, if Bragg yeah, gets a shirt, I'll buy 10. Just because, you know, that would be an amazing accomplishment for Braggs <laughs> and I'd want to support. <laughs> oh, man. All right. would, would people buy a bricks by brick, br- brick by brick Bragg shirt? I, I think people would, honestly. I'm sure. Bra- Bragg's got a cult following, man. Don't, don't sleep on him, man. He has all the audios on Twitter. I mean, he's he's got a fan base, man. Shout out to you, Braggs. Brick by brick. Go to work, baby. Loose is loose would be sweet, too. I would buy that shirt for sure. No question about it. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. At Adam Hogue. At Corey Wooden. At The Carm. At Will DeWitt. The L's in there are ones. Um, great job by everybody the last couple of days. Make sure you're checking out all our coverage at allchgo.com, the CHGO Locker. That's where the shirt will drop tomorrow. We'll keep you posted on that. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. We'll have uh, grades from the game. We'll start looking ahead to the Cowboys. It is a short week, um, so we'll keep it moving here, but definitely feels good after a win. I mean, just a little Bear bit. Bear down, of- baby. Bear down. Get those vibes back. It's it, it it that's right. And you know, the Cowboys opened up as ten and a half point favorites against 10 the Bears. Ten and a half. I haven't I haven't checked it this morning, so I don't. That was before the Bears even played last night. So I don't know if it came down um, today, but the way the Bears played last night, I have to think that it, that line had to move at least a little bit. But uh, doesn't matter. We we like the underdog role, right? Look at, this, look at this Monday night game, right? Underdogs, yeah. underdogs. That's fine. You, you love when you're the underdog, right? Nobody, no, no expectations. Still right? 10 and a half, Wait, Will? Let's Nine go. and a half now. Nine and a half. So it moved a point. Yeah. It moved a point. I like it. All right. Uh, we're out of here. We'll talk to everybody at uh, noon tomorrow. See you.